Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 501. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The I don't first know why I did voice, sorry. I don't know either. Well, you know, it's getting crazy in here after 500. And, uh, but we bring you the top geek stories of the past week in our Week in Geek. Uh, and then we bring you the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 23rd, 2022. I got the year right this time. <laughs> then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's the 24th part of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we're going to be switching up a little bit. And we're going to be talking about all the Marvel one-shots, those lovely little direct-to-DVD and now all available on Disney Plus shorts uh, that they put out to kind of tease what's coming up next. I think yeah. they started as teasers, and then they just got goofy. I think they started as fun, because, like, the first ones were, like, the... Uh, uh, we can, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them when we talk about them. And but something you- else we, we talk about as we talk about them is Beer. And, John, I know you're drinking something juicy, because that's how you <clears throat> described it to Caitlin. So would you- yes. So I am drinking Iced in Space. This is uh, from Other Half Brewing. This is a double dry hopped Imperial IPA coming in at 8.5. It tastes like orange juice. No way that it could be 8%. Uh, but this is their Ace uh, beer, which is their all Citra everything beer. But done with their space hops, they have a whole space line, blah blah blah, uh, and it's good. There's it's it's a great drinking beer. It goes down incredibly smooth. It's juicy how you want. It's also been sitting in my fridge uh, since September, so it's like two months old, still drinking great. And uh, yeah. I uh, I forgot my wallet when I went to work today, so I couldn't buy any beer. So we're drinking from the fridge tonight. Uh, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I also am drinking a eight percent beer, so uh, that's why I'm just gonna follow you through the door there because uh, I found out that Paul had some Christmas beers. So I was like, hey, you know what? I have to go to the beer store. I'm gonna start Christmas beers too because those are all popping up on shelves. Uh, my beer store still has a good amount of pumpkin beers there, too, so I was very tempted to get uh, some pumpkin and some Warlock. But instead, I grabbed a different beer from Southern Tier Brewing, and this is their 2 Xmas, and this is their Spice Double Ale, again, sitting at 8% ABV. Uh, this is an ale brewed with orange peel, ginger root, cardamom, cinnamon, fig paste, and cloves. And we did have this last year on the show. I think this was something that we were all able to drink together, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, it holds up still. Like, I don't think they ever change the recipe on this. If they do, it doesn't vary too much because it tastes exactly as I remember it. And just the right pop of those holiday spices and that nice, rich stone fruit sweetness that just kind of levels it out. And it really takes away the fact that this is 8%. It does not drink that way at all. Nice. I do not have an 8%. I have a 7% beer. And this is labeled a holiday beer. This is from uh, Big Ditch Brewery. And this is their Jingle Juice. And it has a picture of Santa on there. No snowmen. But this is just a juicy IPA. There's no ho-ho holiday about it. So I'm going to call it a Life Day beer. Because, you know, it's Happy Life Day, everybody. 
Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. You got your orb, Paul? Happy Life Day. I'm wearing my red hoodie, so it's kind of like a a, uh, Life Day shawl. And uh, no, I don't have a blue orb. I wasn't going to spend that money. I spent it on other ridiculous things when I was at Star Wars Land. <laughs> That's okay, because as as we talk about, we're recording this November 17th, a little behind-the-scenes stuff, which is officially the canon life day for the Star Wars galaxy. Um, if I went to Galaxy's Edge, they do have life day product available. I think they have Christmas ornaments and, like, coffee mugs, but... <laughs> I don't need any more ornaments. Like that's something we always wind up buying. I don't need any new ones. But you know what I? No, I knew I need. Can I ask you guys all, all this question? Have you guys watched the holiday special? It, it's been yes. you can find it on YouTube. Fairly easy. Yeah, now. it's been a long time. I think the only thing the Boba Fett cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's on Disney Plus now. <clears throat> yeah, they Out have that officially available, but. Yeah, they do still have the whole special available to watch on YouTube. It is as bad as you heard it is, because I think we all watched it together once before, years and years and years ago, but I did watch it last year just to remind myself, Yeah, and it's painfully bad. And big chunks of it are just Chewbacca's family sitting around their treehouse yelling at each other, and... It goes on forever, and then when you're like, okay, I've had enough of this, let me skip forward, you're still, like, scrubbing through it for mm-hmm. a shockingly long amount of time. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't have to sit down and watch this as a kid, because it yeah. probably would have made me hate Star Wars. It, yeah, if I was watching it on a terrestrial television like signal, and I couldn't just fast-forward, pause... And come back to it. If I was like sitting there, like, no, it's going to get good. They promised me Luke Skywalker. They promised me Darth Vader. They're going to show up at any time. And I had, and I was just glued to the screen, just waiting for it. Oh, like it's it's okay to put on in the background and not pay much attention to it, and like look up and be like, oh yeah, that's that BS is still going on. I'll, I'll do something else. But uh, ooh. Watching it as a television show, like how I used to have to watch it as a television show. No, no, sir. Yeah, it. For those of you that have never seen it, this is like the first 20 minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Grandpa Itchy, I think his name. Yeah. When Stinky runs in. So it's Wookiee guttural sounds mixed with variety style, variety show style humor, like slapstick comedy bits and hologram like Cirque du Soleil trapeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then more of that. Yeah, like as annoying as that probably was for you to hear, mm-hmm. you only heard like thirty seconds of it. So, so shut up. So search that out. <sighs> but hey, you know what? It gave us Life Day. Yep. <clears throat> yep. yep, it did it. It did do that. 
I feel like it's more of Star Wars fans trying to reclaim it. And then there was the uh, Lego series, that, that Lego one. That Lego came one's out fun. And, which was okay. I, I like that. The Lego Star Wars stuff's been really good. Like the summer vacation <laughs> one they had, like back in <clears throat> May or June, whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed that too. The, uh, the Star Wars specials have always been a lot of fun. And I think what you're seeing now is... Yes, some fans might be trying to like claim it and take it back. Mm-hmm. John showed it off on camera. Ow! Um, but I think we're now kind of in that age of Star Wars where we do have the fans working on it, and mm-hmm. it's maybe them trying to, you know, lend some credence to what's come before and legitimize things. Without going full bore, like, hey, we're going to put this out because we know it's not good and it's brand damaging. Mm-hmm. Except for the Boba Fett cartoon, which I don't like. No, the Boba Fett cartoon is really bad. Yeah. Especially because he gets out of the Starlack pit and then just goes right back in it, right? I remember. Is that? Or is, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bad Hopefully, Boba Fett comic maybe, from the '80s. I read. At least we probably got some good news to uh, wipe that terrible taste out of our mouths, right? Well, so much good news. Uh, oh, that's a that's sarcasm, guys. It's been a rough week. Yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, passed away, and let me tell you, that news like there was no hiding from that news for me. Like I was getting text messages from friends of mine that I have that their last text message was like Merry Christmas like that's <laughs> the last time I've received a text message from from you know some of these some, some of my friends that's fine like you can go a long time without calling me but they'll, they'll let me know when important things happen uh, yeah it was just kind of a shock he was what 66 at the, you know 66 uh, and uh, cause of death was intestinal cancer yeah, I didn't know he was sick. Um, he stayed working. Like, he was doing those uh, direct-to-DVD, you know, animated things for the DC animated universe. I know he didn't do them all, and there's he's, there's been other Batman. But I, I feel like he's still been working recently, right? Like, Yeah, they would definitely, like, rotate in, and <clears throat> they might have someone different as Batman for a while. But I think... He did the attack the, on Arkham, the, right? The danger of that is no matter who you put in that role, no matter how solid they mm-hmm. might be. Like I know um, Diedrich Bader has been Batman on like the cartoon for a while. Mm-hmm. I think that cartoon's over now, but he's a good Batman, but everyone's always going to be compared to Kevin Conroy, no matter what. Um, he's definitely done a lot of work. Um, most recently, he was Hordak in the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on Netflix. Um, he also just recently appeared in the Warner Brothers Battle Royale uh, multiverses as Batman, too. Okay. And then a, a bunch of other stuff <clears throat> recently, too, including appearing as Bruce Wayne in Batwoman in 2019. Yeah. And um, he's uh, his voice, say what you will, but is iconic and i think we've we've all said this like when we read batman books Mm -hmm. that's the voice i read it in uh chris i know you've said that like that's Mm -hmm. that's my batman voice that's that's my batman 
I probably, out of all the Batman movies, would take Batman the Animated Series as like, oh, you can only watch one Batman franchise. I would take Batman the Animated Series over all of those. Would you then get uh, Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah. Part of that. Yeah, okay. Same animation, same animators, same voice actors. Mm -hmm. I have to say that I enjoy his ability to switch between Bruce Wayne and Batman. And his, they're, they sound completely different, but it's not the Christian Bale, I'm Batman, you know? Mm-hmm. It still sounds like a person talking when he's talking as Batman, but it sounds completely different than his Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Well, his whole thing was the Batman voice is his normal voice, and the is Batman's normal voice, and the Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne voice is the fake voice, the voice that he puts on. So that's mm-hmm. why it kind of has like a nasally pitch to it. It's somebody trying yeah. not to sound like Batman when he sounds like Batman. That works so yeah. well. <clears throat> it just all sudden, like such a wide breadth of work appearing as Batman in it too, from video games to movies to cartoons. <laughs> He's been active in this role since the cartoon started. Wait, Which oh is 91? Uh, 1992 is when it came out. And, you know, here we are. On Leather Wings. Thir- 30 years later, like, still still appearing as Batman. And still nailing it every single time. <clears throat> like, it's so recognizable and it's such a solid voice. Like, you, you know it's him as soon as you hear it. Uh, yeah, I had sent you guys um, somebody, Sean Murphy, somebody had hired for Sean Murphy's birthday. Um, they had hired him for um, a cameo, and he read one of the big dialogues of Batman from Sean Murphy's thing. But then at the end, he's like, I'm so happy I was able to read your story. Your friend told me how much you love the Batman animated series that you took all of that into consideration. And I'm so happy that I can do that for you and read this. And I'm just happy that I've been able to do this voice for the last 30 years. Like mm. a lot of times you do ca- cartoon work, you, you go in, you get paid, you say your lines and then <clears throat> you never do it again. And I've been able to do it for 30 years. Like <laughs> he just was so happy to do it. And um, <clears throat> this other guy put up a thing where he was I, – I forget what his connection was other than he just was in line at a comic convention with his son. Mm. And his son liked the cartoon and he wanted to get Conroy's autograph. The father did. Mm-hmm. And when they got into line and they got closer, his son's like, Dad, that's not Batman. And Kevin Conroy looked up, stared at the kid and was like – I'm Batman. It does the voice, and the mm. kid's like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> like, oh. uh, story I heard <clears throat> on another podcast. I have no problem talking about other podcasts, uh, and I don't know if you've listened to this one yet, but it was one of the more recent episodes of the Weekly Planet podcast. Uh, I haven't listened to um, this week, so they they talked <clears throat> about how when he was auditioning for the role of Batman, it was kind of sold to him as like, "Oh, he didn't know anything about the character." It was just like, "Oh, you know." 
it's Batman, his parents were killed, he's out seeking vengeance. And when he read through the script, he was like, yeah, okay, I get that. But these characters, like Harvey Bullock, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Dent, like Commissioner Gordon, like, those are really interesting characters. Like, I, I'd like to play them. And Andrea Romano, the casting director, was like, you have the chance to be Batman? Like, you could be doing this forever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll be, I'll be Batman? And boom. Yeah. A, a star is born. Yeah, I couldn't picture. I couldn't picture. Was it Richard Mull, who's the voice of uh, of uh, Two Face and Harvey Dent? Like, mm-hmm. I love that voice because again, he's that gravelly, another gravelly voice for that. But also can do the mm-hmm. the lighter voice, the the Harvey okay. voice. So many great actors, voice actors in that animated series. Yeah, we, we didn't even talk about Mark Hamill because I think that would dominate the rest of the episode here. But. Uh, it, it's definitely a loss. Yeah. Because I, I would be happy to hear him as Batman for the rest of my life. I'm sorry, I'm not getting choked up. I just have hiccups because I drank an entire can of seltzer before we started and the bubbles are coming back. Um you guys have any other closing thoughts on Kevin Conroy? Because this isn't going to be the last time we talk about him, obviously. No, uh, definitely will be missed, but I'm glad that I have I have the DVD collection of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, you do. But you gave me, I, I got the Blu-ray, too. Uh, oh, you went and got the Blu-ray? Yeah, it was really, it was like 60 bucks. I was like, mm, yeah. yeah, got a 100% oh, that's, a, that's a good deal. I think I spent the 120 for them. Yeah, but you got like deluxe edition with the figures and stuff too, right? I didn't get figures. Yeah, I did get figures, but I gave this to Chris, didn't I? Yeah, they, they were the little the Funko. Mini, yeah, the mini Funkos. But I, and I got some like lithographic. Lip-rafts. Yeah. Yeah. I just got, it but just sure. folds out and I got the movies. Yeah. And the yeah. I got the show and the two movies. Yeah, that's what I got. Which, that stuff's always fun. That's great. Um, Another unfortunate loss that we had was comic book artist Carlos Pacheco, who passed away at 60 um, from ALS, a.k.a. like uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And we've actually talked about Carlos Pacheco a bunch on the show, um, most recently because they brought back the comic book that he did years ago uh, with Aerosmith. And oh. he was he was the artist on that. He also was the artist on the Green Lantern relaunch with Jeff Johns after um, Green Lantern Rebirth. Uh, he was the artist on that. That just kind of brought that Silver Age sensibility just with that nice, like, bright, stoic, heroic lines. Um, he was also on JSA for a while, Paul. Yeah, you you probably picked up all those episodes in your JSA forever days. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not someone that did a lot of comic book artwork because I think he just did what he liked and wanted to do, and who he wanted to work Cause, with. Because those books, I mean, they're gorgeous. Aerosmith's beautiful, and I'm sad I haven't kept up on the sequel series, but it's because I read the first one. We talked about it for the Week in Geek. You can find that episode still live here on the feed. But I know I'm going to be buying that in trade paperback so it can sit on my shelf next to the first volume because I'm always going to go back and reread that. Uh, yeah. 
And I believe, too, I mean, when we used to do the... When we used to do the artists and writers of that year, like, who stood out, and we used to do the bracket with them, he always got super far on those whenever we would do them. I, mm-hmm. It's been years since we've done one, but when we used to do them regularly, I just remember him always being like, oh, yeah, standout, standout star. Great artist. Yeah, fantastic. So sad. But, you know, it's not all gloom and doom because every ending begins something new. I'm not trying to segue it into your story, Paul, with, uh, hey, with Silk. You're trying to spin a, spin something there. But, uh, yeah, so over at Deadline, they reported just today that uh, there's, there's going to be a sl- – they're saying a slew of Marvel characters headed to uh, the small screen. Uh, MGM Plus – which used to be Epics, uh, Epics and Amazon Prime Video. They combined, and now it's going to be MGM+. Plus because so Epics Am- is one of those apps that I see is available on my TV, but I never downloaded it because I'm like, I don't need to keep adding on these freemium mm-hmm. apps like that, Tubi. There's like a few other ones. Like yeah. I don't. I already have enough content available that's too much for me. But continue, Paul. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, they, they're ordering a, a, a bunch of live action uh, series from Sony uh, Pictures Television. And the one that got announced today was uh, the Spider-Man spinoff series, Silk, which is going to be Silk Spider Society. Uh, and the showrunner is set to be uh, Angela Kang, who was uh, worked for The Walking Dead. Okay. I love the Cindy Moon character. I understand them giving this a subtitle because if you're not in the actual Spider-Man comics universe and you're not buying the books and aware of everything, you're not going to know what Silk is. Yeah, that's true. So, what is it called? Spider Society? Yep. Silk Spider Society. I don't know too many details of the Madam Web movie, but do we think maybe this is going to be something spinning out of that? Did this? Did that movie get canceled? No, there's. I think they're still filming it. Are they? I, th- I thought I it was so. one of the things that like got canceled. But even that well, Madam that, Web, if it's if it's not coming out from Warner Brothers, chances are they're still going to force it out because this is Sony, <laughs> and. So from what what kind of surprises me about this is Sony has put some of their more recent stuff out over on Netflix because you can go to Netflix right now and they have Morbius available. So I'm I don't know if them doing something with MGM and Epics aka now Amazon just kind of gives them more say in what they're doing than maybe like teaming up with someone like Netflix that they already have a streaming relationship with, but I don't think this is going to make me get Amazon plus or Amazon prime, whatever it is. If I didn't already have it, this would maybe make me download epics if it was available on that, just so I could watch this and then be like, okay, let me delete this off my TV because I'm not going to watch anything else on it. But well, what if I I were to tell you that MGM plus is actually going to be a a over-the-air or linear uh, television network relaunching this January, and it gets to show those show 
the the show first, and then it'll come to Amazon Prime. So if this if MGM Plus was part of your cable subscription, would would you be interested I, in getting the? I don't have cable, cable because package, I just yeah. I pay for streaming services, and right, right. at that point I'm at the. I don't want to say critical mass with streaming services, but there's enough stuff coming out from the three or four that we have that I don't need to have any other content because it's already too much. So uh, I'm never going to see the show. And it's sad because I really like Silk as a character. I like what she brings to the Spider-Verse. I would much rather see her popping up in something I would see, you know, if it was Marvel related and it was on Disney Plus or some are more accessible I guess so there is a Edge of the Spider-Verse Silk that is going to be coming out and then Hmm. the Madam Web does say it's still coming out it has characters but a lot of them are unnamed and a lot of people were speculating that the Madam Web might be tying together all the female spider characters and it's going to be more a movie about them um which i'm okay i'm okay with yeah like that would be okay if if it's well done though Mm -hmm. uh so i it who knows what it's going to be about is sony smart enough to do this i don't know they've put out so many of in venom venom fights a venom-esque character in Venom 2, he fights a Venom-esque character. In Morbius, he fights a Morbius-esque character. Like, they don't know what they're doing, and Morbius was flat-out bad, and they got duped into re-releasing it, and everybody laughed at him. Like, they don't know what they're doing with these spider projects. Well, to be fair, I don't want to, like, lampoon a movie for like the villain being the same set of powers as the hero, because Marvel's done that quite a bit. Marvel has done that a lot, but looking at you, Black Panther, Iron Man one, uh, but they have learned from that and adapted and like (laughs) moved out because I think they got their feet under them storytelling wise and introducing characters that they can now branch out where everyone else is still kind of struggling with that trope because they can't commit and do anything different because as soon as they put something out and it doesn't work, they rehash and refresh and do the exact same thing again, hoping it's going to work that time. Also, Sony did great with the original Spider-Man trilogy. Well, the first Spider-Man movie. The second one, pretty good. Third one was bad. The second one's fan. Fantastic. Yeah. So they did two out of three great Spider-Man movies. Then that first Amazing Spider-Man wasn't bad. So they were then three for four. But you're talking about 20 years, Paul. And then... Yeah, but we're closing in on that with Marvel. What, What are we, year 12 with Marvel? Yeah, and they've now, landed some not great movies. But I would still say even their not great movies are still better than, better than something like Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you give me the chance like, hey, would you rather watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Eternals? I'm going to be rewatching Eternals again. 
How long is Spider-Man 3? I 100% Eternals was long. I 100% would watch Spider-Man 3 over Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. that movie just rubbed me the wrong way. Well, you'll have to rewatch it again eventually when you come up to it for one of our main It is going to be begrudgingly. 20, 20 episodes. Begrudgingly. Uh, anyone have any other surprise news stories you forgot before that you want to bring up? Or are we ready to head into maybe the list or maybe another beer? Well, I'm good for going into the list. Chris, do you know when you are going to have to hop out? Uh, I can probably... Go through the list. Okay, All let's right. do the list, and then when you get back, we'll do the next beer. And nobody will be the wiser. No listener will be the wiser. I'm not editing any of that out. Are you asking me to edit stuff out? No, no, no it's fine. Because guys, we're, guys, we're I'm about looking to talk forward about to a the comic, comic books. books we're picking up November 23rd, 2022. And Paul, what book is that? Oh, man, guys, it's Life Day. And there's no way to celebrate Life Day. Like, you know, just checking in on characters uh, during in the midway point of a story. And that's what <laughs> the Star Wars Life Day celebration was all about. It was just filling in, like, what was happening in between uh, Episode 1 and, well, Episode 4 and Episode 5, right? So, here I am. I'm going to check in with Star Wars Revel... Revel- Revelations, Revel, Revelations, number one. Is uh, it Revelations or Revelations? Like the rev, the Revelations. Rebels. Revelations. No, there's a B. It's not a B. Oh. And uh, yeah, this is coming. This is spinning out of uh, the crazy year of, that has been Star Wars comics. You know, they wrapped up War of the Bounty Hunters. They had Crimson Rain, and now they're uh, having another event called Hidden Empire. And we're just going to check in with all our favorite characters, you know? Uh, Kira, uh, Dr. Alfra, uh, Chewie, and Han, and Darth Vader, you know, and, and some of the other bounty hunters. It all starts here, guys. It all starts here. 52 pages, $6. There you go. There you go. I mean, it's... The Star Wars comics are something I'm constantly like, I really enjoy this. I should read more of it. But then I take a look and see how many of them I haven't read. And I'm like, I'll just catch up on the trades eventually. Yeah. And I have yet to do that. But I'm always interested. I don't remember if we actually recorded it or if it was just post-show talk. Um, My pick for the monthly look back before November is Star Wars Hidden Empire number one because... Yes. I had a couple books that I was like, I don't know which one to buy. Which ones would you guys rather read? Um, so we'll be dipping our toes into the Star Wars universe a little bit more. Um, this this might be a good pick to kind of get you caught up, though. like, And yeah. then just go for, for full force back into it, no pun intended. But I don't know. Or maybe I'll just want to jump out of there, you know, like make a jump to light speed and escape uh, this the Star Wars comics. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, John, do you know what book you're picking up? Yes, I'm going to be picking up a book from Aftershock Comics. And this is A Foulness in the Walls, number one. And this is coming from uh, Colin Bunn. And this follows a character who has 
recently suffered a tragic loss who's trying to rebuild his life. He gets a new house. He gets a new job. He starts dating a new girl. Uh, but some things start to happen around him, and he can't tell if it's his guilt or a malevo- uh, malevolent evil spirit uh, that has come back to haunt him, but something is rotting in the walls. Uh, this is a prestige, like, 48-page one-shot from Aftershock. Um, so it's one whole story uh, from Colin Bunn, who I do enjoy uh, his books. <laughs> Makes me kind of think of, like, uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's... Um, Tell 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 heart. heart. Yes. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to remember one of the other ones that's about like creepy stuff happening, and I know it's not the title. But then I started trying to think of how I could make it into a joke, and then it completely got away from me. So I'm going to say the the cast of Monte Cristo. Mm. It's a revenge story. Not really. Oh, I thought it was a recipe with about a sandwich. Mm. I love that sandwich. It's sandwich. It's such a good sandwich. You don't you don't see them enough places. Uh, it's a great but, team up between the Duca sandwich and the Count of Monte Cristo. See, I always loved uh, Monte Cristo, and then Caitlin introduced me to uh, Croque Madame, which is that mm. sandwich on steroids. Doesn't mm. it just have an egg on top uh, and, and small testicles? Because mm. <laughs> it's on steroids. Uh, that, was, I, that was the joke. I felt the need to walk people through it. I just want to make yeah, a, weird, I didn't get it a weird statement that everyone was like, the fuck? And I don't think I can make the episode title Small Testicles. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't think that's... that's. We could do Egg it's, on Top, but definitely right, not. Egg on Top. I'll write it down. Uh, Chris, what book are you looking forward to picking up? Uh, this is actually a very light week for me for comics. The only books that I have coming out. And I looked for a while to see if there was something that, you know, would maybe get me excited to pick up something different. Um, but no, I'm just buying normal books. So instead, I'm going to be going back into my wish list for something that came out back in September that I didn't pick up, but I've heard good things about. And this is actually coming out from over at Marvel Comics. And this is Exterminators, number one. And this is an X-Men spinoff book written by uh, Leo Williams, art by Carlos Gomez. And it is Jubilee, Boom Boom, Dazzler, and the uh, X-23 Wolverine going out for a girls' night. Just hanging out, having fun. But then there's a vampire attack, and uh, they have to fight back. It sounds goofy. I almost picked this when it came out for my list pick. But then I was like, oh, this doesn't sound like something I'm going to be keeping up on. But then after it came out, <clears throat> reviews of it were actually pretty decent, being like, oh, this is a, a really fun X-Book. So, you know, at this point, I'll probably be able to pick up the issues pretty cheap on something like Comixology because it came out, you know, two months ago at this point. So, you know. Is, Ju- going is back. Jubilee still a where- uh, vampire? I don't think she's only by night. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think she's part vampire anymore. But I honestly have not read enough of the current X Men stuff to know because also that could have been something that was fixed or cured with everything happening on like Krakoa, or it could have just been like a bleep bloop bloop. Oh, you ate the seed. You're not a vampire mm-hmm. anymore. And we also brought back someone to life that nobody cares about. 
and they're the the red bishop or someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Xbox got out of control real quick. Yes. Oh, that was only that was only seven minutes of content, guys. Do you want to do another beer? Uh, and I am having a beer from Stone Brewery. Uh, they have re-released their Imperial Stout, clocking in at ten point five percent. I believe this was fifteen ninety nine for a six pack of twelve pounds cans, and this is a nice. Really nice drinking Imperial Stout. Hmm. Incredibly smooth. Nice little bitterness from the hops on it. I definitely would say the Great Lakes Blackout Stout that I had a couple shows ago is the better of these stouts, but this is good. And that bitterness on it is really nice. Uh, this is good, and you don't get a 10% alcohol burn. It doesn't tell you to slow down with that 10%. Like, you could drink this very, very easy. Uh, I'm glad that old-school Imperial Stouts are on a comeback, because I've been really, really yeah. digging them. Man, 10% and 8% before, it's like you think you're going to have a snow day tomorrow, buddy. <sighs> yeah, I'm kind of hoping... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I and also I really I really just think it'd be funny because right now uh, Paul and I both live in Erie County. It's a whiteout conditions where he is. It's it hasn't even started snowing where I am. But there's a driving ban in Erie County, and I wonder if I could just like tomorrow just call in and be like, eh, "It's driving ban. Like there's no snow around the house. Like or there's no snow around the store. There's no snow around the. But there's a driving ban." <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for driving to work. Yeah. Uh, he said that they're going to reevaluate in the morning and then lift, you know, lift and also yeah. talk to the different towns. I know. I was trying to, and it'll trying be to make a joke. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I honestly, I'm probably going to have to go to work, but. Yeah, I'm sorry, but. But also, you're, Stone Brewery. You're essential. Gonna, mm. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Stone Brewery, surprised that you picked it up. You, 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 we've said some harsh things about that. Yes. Uh, in recent uh, episodes. But I do... So why put your money there? I do remember this beer being very good. This is a beer they haven't made in mm. quite a few years. Um, last this last year, this year, and the next year, the, uh, they've been putting up all their beers for votes for what they what mm. the fans want to them to brew again and this is one that was like their number one beer to get remade and um yeah you know what it was it was having the blackout stout that i just was like ah, that's really good i'll 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 throw a stone of bone here and i'll i'll grab this and it's it's a little knickknack paddywhack you did it <laughs> You just throw a soda bone. Yeah, bone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got me rolling home. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get yeah, it. it. But you guys are having the same beer, right? We yeah. are. From Har- we we Oops. did buy it in two separate ways, though. Yes, so I Paul. bought mine in a variety pack. 
Um, I looked. We did not have the variety pack at my store, so I just bought two single bottles of it because nice. this was available as like oh, in two a six pack. And my beer store, if you see something in a six pack, like you can just grab one and they'll just charge you the individual bottle or can price. Nice. So this is the Harpoon Winter Warmer. This is a cinnamon nutmeg holiday ale, six percent alcohol by volume. Uh, got it in bottles, um, which is actually a very novel thing for me now. Like buying can- beer in bottles. Like most, it's mm. like I would say I'm you, ninety. You like the cans to go disc golfing yeah. with? Yeah, bottles are kind of like okay. Now I kind of have to drink this in at the house. So like I can't take this anywhere. I guess I could take it over to friends' houses, but I don't have friends. I talk to them online. <laughs> but this is a nice, got that nice warming kind of honey, kind of malty flavor, and then that, that yeah. cinnamon and the hot and, and nutmeg kind of then warm through. And um, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable Christmassy ale. I, so I'm I haven't it. checked into this yet, so I don't know if I've had it previously or if I have how long it's been. Um. You, it's 6.0% ABV. It does have that nice, like, caramely sweetness to it. I don't get a lot of that spice, but it's like that cinnamon and nutmegs. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's I'm on looking, the after. I think it lingers there. It's that, yeah, that's the flavor that. that lingers. It's just when, if I'm looking for a Christmas beer, having this after the Southern oh. Tier 2 Xmas. That's like an explosion of a Christmas tree in my mouth. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. boom, yeah. Christmas. And I think that beer is just hard to top. And I feel the same way when it comes to, like, my Halloween beers with pumpkin. Because it's like, yes, this is autumn in a glass. And I think uh, 2Xmas is that for me. Um, unless I can find the Great Lakes Christmas Ale, because that used to be my other, like, oh, yeah, this is Christmas in a glass. I do enjoy this, but John, as the the beer guy, what makes a winter warmer? Uh, because I, I hear winter warmer, and I think, okay, it's, it might be like a higher ABV beer, so you get that kind of, you know, coin the term, the, the dragon breath, like it's got mm-hmm. that alcohol burn on it, maybe some of like, like a heat from like the cinnamon or the spices, but... So, uh, winter warmers, I think it's a muddied term now, but I think your true original, like, winter warmers were, like you said, like, high ABVs, kind of like barley wines, beers that were spiced, that were higher, that you could sit and warm yourself by a fire drinking it. I think now it's become just a term for your winter beer. I think there's lots of breweries that are putting out winter warmers that are... Like, like yours, like 6%, 5.5%. Like, they're making them a little more lower ABV to have everybody be able to appreciate them versus having a high ABV beer uh, where not as many people will buy it. But, yeah, it's definitely a term that is muddied these days. Because you, you say winter warmer, and I imagine myself stuck in the tundras of Buffalo and a St. Bernard, like, trudging up to me with a barrel under his neck. And I'm just like, ah, yes, harpoon. Like, mm, I, I got this. I can I can make it home now. I can finish shoveling my driveway. This is, <laughs> And this is fine. Like, this is good. But it's not delivering 
a big like ooh it's a <laughs> I'm sorry like I'm gonna keep referencing you guys now this isn't like a it's the night of a gigantic snowfall I don't know what like apocalypse I'm gonna wake up to tomorrow mm-hmm. this isn't the beer that I want to have like while I'm trying to put my mind at ease of like oh am I gonna have power is it are my pipes gonna freeze do I have enough supplies like this this is just like yeah it's a nice it's a nice little spice beer nice spice beer it's nice to be comfy cozy with this beer that's all I'm saying yeah I, I can see how it doesn't hold up to a 2x Christmas like but I'm coming from Jingle Juice which was Kringle it's not yeah or Kringle Juice and it's not a Christmas beer at all there's nothing Christmassy about it and then uh, to this I'm like oh yeah this is Christmassy <laughs> like here hey this is here's Christmas yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely guys. one of those beers that you would do yourself a disservice to drinking second to a two Xmas, drinking mm-hmm. second to a, like you said, like a Great Lakes Christmas. Like those bigger, bolder, stronger beers should follow this beer, not not be in front of it. Well, that's I'm, not me. I'm happy to have this in this variety pack. And hopefully I'll feel the same way after I drink the Harpoon Dark, <clears throat> because it's a variety pack, guys. You, you can't slap a label on it saying holiday variety pack. Give me two holiday beers and then, like, your standard beer for the other half. Sam Adams would like a word with you. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it, the other two beers in this holiday pack are Harpoon IPA and Harpoon Rec League. And I enjoy Rec League. I'm like, okay, hey, if I'm going to be stuck at home and I want a day beer, a shower beer, Rec League is going to be perfectly fine for that. And then I'm going to have this winter warmer for when I come back in from shoveling. And then, like, maybe this dark beer will be a nice nightcap, you know, uh, after getting all settled in. Or maybe just another winter warmer, you know? So, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I saw it. I passed it by. I'm like, I'm not going to buy that. It's six beers that are okay. Well, the Rec League I enjoy. And the Harpoon IPA isn't anything to write the soldiers about. And then I saw, oh, well, the six pack of the winter, like, warmer is, like, not that much cheaper. And how many do I really want? I don't know if I even like it. So the like, three yes. beers I have for tonight, I I grabbed two bottles of each one just so like I could have one and then I can leave one of each for Yanni to have like tonight or whenever she's like, oh, I want to have another beer. I think none of the beers I had topped out over like $2.49 a bottle. Because nice. my grand total with the six beers I bought, the Clown Shoes 12 Days of Christmas... And the bag of pretzels, I think I spent like fifty bucks. And the pretzels are expensive. They're they're little. There's like three forty nine for the pretzels. Oh yeah, they're, like, <laughs> they're five bucks up here. Oh, okay, I got I got a deal. You did, but especially on those pretzels. And listeners, we're talking about dots, home style pretzels, <laughs> small town recipe, big time flavor, and these Has- hashtag sponsor. And these are John approved. No, no, not uh, at all. 
These are up there as one of my favorite snacks of all time. Delicious. Find yourself a bag of dots and enjoy. And okay, they are if we're doing, really good. If we're going to do snack food review, I got one for you. Clancy's, the uh, Aldi's branded uh, snack foods. You mm-hmm. know, decent snack foods. They have a beer flavored potato chip. Mm. I have. Seems seen interesting. Uh, it tastes like a stale beer, mm. like potato chip. It's it's not a great flavor. Like when I was first eating them, <laughs> it's kind of like you're searching for the flavor, and it's almost like you poured yourself a crappy beer. You know, just you know, like a Coors or you know, a Bud, and just held your mouth open and let the bubbles, you know, effervesce into your mouth. Like that's the amount of flavor you have on you have on it and then as you eat more and more of them the flavor kind of builds into a very stale beer flavor and i'm like these aren't that enjoyable i don't think i would buy a beer flavored chip like i I don't think there's i think i would for the show i think it would be one of those things like if we still all sat together in a yeah in an apartment somewhere, like in a downstairs room, like it might be a thing just to be like, "Hey, like our these. first beer today is a is a chip," like just to like talk about it to have fun. Like it would be the pizza beer. Yeah. Like it's just a yeah. thing you don't think you're gonna like, but you you bring it to be like, "This is this is fun to talk about." That's my, now the Oktoberfest. Uh, what the the pretzel bits Oktoberfest? Those were really good from uh, Snyder. Yes, was it? So I thought they were okay. I thought they. Were I thought really they good. were lesser than a combo pretzel and cheese. Ooh! Mm. See the pretzel because it's only, it was like mm. the same cheese on the pretzel, but it just wasn't condensed enough or strong enough. Uh, my mother-in-law mm. bought me like a seasoning rub that was, and she bought it for me because it was IPA. IPA flavored. And I said, oh, that's really cool. What does it mean, Sue? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, are there actual hops in it? I don't know. What is it supposed to taste like? I don't know. Okay, thank you for buying it for me. Like, what should we put it on? <laughs> I don't know. Like, would it go good on chicken? I don't know. Does it say anything on the label? Yeah, it says, what it says, says I'm IPA. so curious what it says. IPA seasoning. Did you did you taste? I like, didn't take it, open it. It's a baby spoon. No, it's, well, yeah, I, no. at that point, as soon as I finish having that conversation, or while I'm having a conversation, like I'm opening the bag and I'm like yeah, licking yeah, my yeah, pinky yeah. and I'm like dipping it in there just to like get a little. All bit. right, well I'll go get it. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go try it. Yeah, go get it and and, and double check to see if it's idocaine powder oh, or not. Mm. You know, just you know, I've I've been no. working to make myself immune to it, giving myself a little each yeah, day. But you, because <laughs> that's the amount of that you would want a taste of it is like that take little a pause now because john's getting up to leave yeah i have like could... 10 minutes until i need to get up and run my errands but i don't know yeah so just record i we push through this i say we push no. through it i don't know where he's push keeping it. his spices um i don't imagine an ipa seasoning being great for anything though because when it comes to cooking with beer yeah. you don't cook with anything that's an IPA because it's just going to overpower and like bitter anything that you're cooking it with like 
if I'm ever cooking with beer, I try to stick to stuff like like a lager, an Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. or like a stout yeah. or porter. Like that's kind of like as far as I go because anything that's overly hopped is just gonna it's a palate wrecker. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what else you add to that flavoring, you're just gonna taste it and be like, ooh, ooh, your no. beer can chicken isn't Sierra Nevada celebration <laughs> ale. <laughs> yes. You're not putting that. Your beer so can I'm, chicken. I'm very intrigued by this. I was almost wondering, thinking that he was going to say that IPA stood for like three different things. Like, I don't know what the I in spice would be. Salt and then parsley pepper, and and allspice, pepper and allspice. Yeah. And I just couldn't think of the I for what spice could I be? So incredible pepper, allspice, <laughs> IPA. John is taking a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this long. This is a lot more vamping than I... It's okay, because I I do like to try to incorporate beer into my cooking, because Mm. usually if I'm cooking or doing meal prep, I'm cracking open a beer to have anyway, so... I'm totally Julia Child style, yeah. It's one of those, like, you know, eh, one one for the beef, one for me kind of things if if I'm cooking. Julia Child said that, I think. She's like, I, I enjoy cooking with wine, and sometimes I even include it in my recipes. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, the other day when I did my meal prep, I had some Oktoberfest left over from when I went to Homestate Brewing. And when I had gone to the store, I got some kielbasa. I always have potatoes, because obviously I have potatoes, but I also bought a bag of sauerkraut, so... Obviously, I'm just going to cook the sauerkraut with the the kielbasa slice, and then threw in a bunch of uh, paprika, caraway seeds, and then boom, Oktoberfest in it. Nice. Cook it, delicious. And then potatoes, I just pan fry those with butter and then rosemary, uh, dill. Did I say butter? Probably uh, some. Worcestershire sauce, and then Oktoberfest in that too, because you know what? I have it. I'm sitting there standing over the stove drinking it. I'm going to put a splash in there. Yeah. That's how I That's how I deglaze the pan. Boom. Oh, yeah. Why, why Beer's not? a great deglazer. Why it not? is. I deglaze my insides every day I get home from work. Um, <laughs> like, it was too people out there. I must have breathed in some of that. Yeah. But, like, we in, like, kind of a break from cooking with beer, but like we were talking about drinking at work today, and not like whoa party. It was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, I I drink a lot of craft beers with my friends. I've had mm-hmm. over like two thousand two. I, I looked on Untapped, like over two thousand two hundred ninety something different individual beers. Mm-hmm. I, I like to try different things, and I I like to go home and just. Yeah. Have a have a beer sometimes, or on a day off, like go to a brewery, sit out on my porch, and read a book or a comic, and or play games on my phone with a beer. Like, I'm not saying beer is an all occasions drink, but mm-hmm. it really is. I commented on a YouTube video, uh, you know, a few months back, and, and talking about disc golf. And they're like, oh, what brought you into disc golf, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, it seemed like a cheaper way to go out and have some beers with friends than bowling. 
you know, and somebody's like, oh, you can only enjoy disc golf if you're drinking beer. And I'm like, no, but disc golf makes sharing beer with friends even better. So, John, I feel like you didn't come up back. I couldn't find it. Scrub. I feel <laughs> like Chris and I vamped for 10 minutes. I looked. I you, looked. You, 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 I'll, have to, I, uh, I'll have it for the next show. I, I hit the point where I was like, I, I have to get up soon and John's not back yet. We're going to have to abandon ship. <laughs> It's okay. But yeah, we can move on, and hopefully you have it for episode 502. You can inform us of uh, of what you were up against. Yeah. And if I can, I'll, I'll try to get some to Paul. Okay. 5801. Yeah. Oh, 5851, sorry. I mean, we can, do, we can do the dramatic reading quick. You don't got to pause yet. Oh, okay. I mean, we're here. Might as well. I, I drank it up the entire beer, so by the time I get back, we can do the third beer and head into the main topic if we want. There we go. And now, a dramatic reading from Gambit number one, page 22, panel four. Laura Cheney. She's the best singer in now in space. I even bet a thief with a reward to prove it. And that was a dramatic reading of a horrible book called Gambit Number 1, page 22, panel 4. We read that book like two months ago for Look Back, three months ago maybe? I don't remember who this character was, because this was at yeah, the was end like of the, the book. Like, this is the, like the sting like for the next issue, but... It was a female space something bounty hunter oh, that was going to get wrong that was, that was going to get uh, hunt down Remy. I didn't get it, but if you want to see that panel, check it out over on our Instagram. We're at bagged and bored. All of our panels are up there. Take a look at them. See if you can do better. Try to do better. I dare you. And because I don't think I've started the beers yet. And right now, I am sipping on a 10% beer from Victory Brewing, and this is their Merry Monkey. And this is an offshoot of their Golden Monkey. Uh, This is a Belgian-style ale with cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Definitely feel that 10% on this one more than the 8% on the Southern Tier 2 Xmas. This is very much that Belgian-style banana bread spice flavor profile forward, but then it does mellow into those holiday spices quite nicely. Um, If I had to rank my beers, I would still probably say 2Xmas first, then this one because it does deliver a little bit more of that holiday flavor on that back. Uh, And then probably the Harpoon Winter Warmer at the end, because it's not a bad beer. I really did enjoy it, but it's just, it doesn't say holiday to me as much as the Southern Tier. And this Victory one, it's very much their Golden Monkey first, and then that mm-hmm. holiday, like, wagon dragged behind it. But it's it still delivers enough of that holiday pop to be like, okay, if this was at, like, a, a Christmas party, I'd be like, okay, I get why someone brought this, not just because... Because of the label, and it says it has this. Like, it, it delivers on that promise. That's that's good. 
because I've had so many holiday beers that don't deliver on the promise of holiday. But what, I don't like, like Golden Like Monkey. your next one? No, this, well, this doesn't even, well, the package outside of it says that it's a holiday pack. And this is Harpoon Stark. This is, and they say it's a limited release. It's a 5.2% alcohol by volume. Um, and I don't know what, oh, okay, it's a Munich-style dark beer. And it's a nice, roasty kind of, like, this is what I would assume a it's dark a black lager. It's a Schwartz beer. Like. It's, yeah. It's nice. It's got a, it's not a very big bitter. It's, it's got a nice r- rounded kind of roasted flavor throughout. <clears throat> like, there's nothing bad about it, but also that means there's nothing remarkable about it. Mm. I wouldn't go looking for this beer again. It, good filler for a uh, variety pack? Sure. Good filler for a holiday variety pack? Maybe not so much. You know, but so it, like, I, I what what else is Harpoon doing? Their UFO series? Yeah. Am I expecting a UFO like Clementine, like and mint like UFO? Uh, in the here UFO for the winter one like, used so, to be like a chai white ale, which people really liked. Oh, that would be and so then good. sounds good. A white so ale what with if, chai. Mm. What if we're just approaching this mm, sampler pack from slower. a different? A different viewpoint, though. What if this is like, hey, I'm going to a Christmas party. Let me grab something from the store to bring. And maybe it's like, oh, there's something in here for different people. Maybe this is one of the beers that's just like, oh, I, I don't, I don't drink your craft beers. Let me then get it, it. Just then it should say winter party. Like yeah, when it says yeah. holiday pack, it's the same yeah. thing. I used to have a problem with Saranac. Saranac would have their Irish Roots mm-hmm. variety pack. And when I would talk to the people from Saranac, I would ask them, the hazy IPA in this, what is Irish about it? And they would <laughs> look at me like I'm an asshole. But I'd be like, no, I mean, like, I got to sell this to people. Like, what am I going to tell them? Like, this hazy IPA is made with Irish. You know, like, it's just a Irish. It's a hazy beer we made and we put it in there I'm like okay why are you calling it Irish Roots then because what does this have to do with Irish and they basically were like mm-hmm. stop being a dick but it's <clears throat> do you want do you want the free but, t-shirt but it is that thing of like uh, <laughs> if you're going to call it Irish yeah. Roots then you should seal the deal and make it even if you just say yeah. classic golden pilsner with Irish malts or this or th- you know like all of those beers should yeah. have something to do with that. Yes, an, a root. So, looking <laughs> to Ireland, looking up this variety pack, they did have an Irish lager, an Irish red, an Irish stout, and then the pale ale in there. Mm-hmm. And they, it seems like they tried to like twist it because the description for it is this exponential riff on the style takes pale ales to a whole nother level. Enjoy the citrusy tropical hop character to this unfiltered beauty. Like it seems like they just they try to do so, it with the the branding yeah. more than the actual beer. But I I, I get being like, eh, and we got something yeah. different, you know. We got a hazy IPA because May- Irish people like drinking. <laughs> Maybe, uh, <laughs> hey, we're gonna colonize your taste buds with this IPA oh, style. Oh, oh, oh. 
Ireland's not colonizers. Oh. But England is, and they're coming for your beers. <laughs> yeah. Drink it now before the Irish. You keep fighting us off. We're all hands. We're coming for those Irish potatoes. <laughs> I got nothing. Anyways, segue to main topic, guys. It's time for part 24 of our John, Marvel movie. John, you talking about yours? Oh, you're yeah, just drinking too. Yeah, I'm just drinking that too. I thought about opening this Helderado at 12.8%. Until, like, until oh. we're halfway through the main... Ooh. Until we're halfway through the main topic, and he's yeah, he no, cracked this one. I had this in the fridge. All the the shorts. We're just talking about the shorts that were. On that's the all dock, of them, right? Like I. That's that is all. That's all of them. Oh, that's all yeah. of them. Oh, they stopped them after. They did so. Uh, little headway into what we're talking about, but okay, I'm gonna go grab the Black Marvel IPA movie from retrospective. Lost. I mean, it's gonna twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's going? On. I'm just gonna get a setup. Me. Right, you gotta uh, set up. Because I was on YouTube. And I'm gonna derail you from setting it up. And they had these you remember the reporter from um Iron Man One and also Iron Man Two? Yes. Uh, they had these things where she was interviewing like Scott Lang that was in prison and she's playing a very like OAN uh news mm-hmm. new American news network kind of like thing where she's like and just so you know, that Scott stole this stole this money from this company, who is the underwriter and also owner of the company that owns WHIH. But we we stay impartial and have found that they were cleared of no wrongdoing. And then she's interviewing Scott Lang with a very like slanted bias view. And then they do another one during uh, Civil War. Where they're asking whether or not the superheroes should be paying for, if tax dollars should be going to rebuilding after the superhero ethics, and the her co-host is like, "Wait, so we're going to ask people if they'd rather spend more in taxes or be dead? <laughs> like, what is happening here? And, you know." So I thought those were more one shots. No, those. Technically, aren't Those considered four. to be one shots. What are those? Um, that is the WHIH official like news feed, which is like the real news of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's like an in-universe mm. storytelling aspect, flair, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one shots were done as direct to video. Explorations into some of the characters of the Marvel Universe. That's, um, it's where you first got Sitwell. Sitwell hadn't appeared in any of the yeah. movies. He appeared in that short and then became a character in the movies. Yeah, Sitwell well, made his appearance here. And this was also done to flesh out a character like Coulson, who you will be seeing more of in the build-up to Avengers. Kind of just to make his loss have a little bit more gravity. Because if you're just watching the movies, you do see Agent Coulson pop in in the lead-up to Avengers. But if you're someone that's also following along and buying the DVDs, the first batch of these Marvel one-shots were all included on whatever the newest, quote-unquote, because these all came out like 2011 to 2014, the, the newest DVD to kind of get you hyped up for what was going to be coming next. And 
shed it a little bit more light into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, these sadly did go away in 2014, but then back in 2016, they did bring them back with uh, the back half of them that we'll be talking about with Team Thor uh, and Team Daryl, because that was meant to bridge the gap between what we already knew about Thor from Age of Ultron into where Thor was going to be going uh, with Thor Ragnarok. Because those ones, and we'll talk about them, were all written and directed by Taika Waititi. And that was there to not have it be a complete culture shock. Again, if you're following along and paying attention to all this media. And those came out just on the internet, right? They weren't on a DVD. Yes. Yeah, those ones were released separately. um, um, because the one with uh, I can't think of his name the um, Jeff Goldblum that came out after the movie mm-hmm. yes <laughs> but because it spoils it because the Grandmaster got kicked out well, we'll of Sakaar we'll talk about that oh. one when, when we progress through because we're going to start <laughs> off right with the very first one which was the consultant which was done on like a one day budget and some of this footage, if you haven't watched these one-shots, they are all available on Disney+. Plus. For the longest time, they weren't. The only way you could watch these was if they were uploaded to YouTube, which they would get taken down. Yep, um, and they still if, are taken down. Or if you I had the DVDs. There first. Because it was actually news when they had announced that, hey, Hail to the King's available on Disney+, Plus now, because that was going to be leading into Shang-Chi when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Last year? This year? time? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the great Marvel movie retrospective part 89 or whatever. It was uh, Shang-Chi. back in 2020. Okay, thank you. I'm pretty sure because it was... Shut down. Because Black Widow came out during it and then Shang-Chi was the next one. But some of the stuff that you're going to see in this first one shot, The Consultant, is actually some of the post-credits footage that you actually had at the end of The Incredible Hulk, where it's Tony Stark coming to talk to uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, who we now know is going to be playing a larger role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as now portrayed by Harrison Ford. Uh, but it's just a small meeting between two guys talking in a diner, Sitwell and Coulson, about what their plans are to disrupt General Ross's plans because Ross wants abomination for the Avengers initiative and there's there's only one person no. that can throw that off. No, uh, Ross doesn't Blons- want him. Blonsky. The he doesn't want the council. It's not that Ross wants it, it's that the council wants it, but they're he's and being Fury by doesn't Ross. want him on there. So so Shield has to send somebody to ask Ross for abomination, but everybody at Shield doesn't want abomination on the Avengers, so that's why they're meeting to like, okay, who can we send? So Ross will say no. So they like, and the play is to send Tony Stark, the consultant, which then later, you know, plays in to uh, Iron Man two, where they are like. Yeah, we thought about you to have you as part of the Avengers initiative, but now we just want you as a consultant because you're too understate. You're too, well, you know, unstable. You're, you're, 
You're not a team. Well, he says that in Avengers. It's in, it's in Avengers. He says, "I, I thought they, I wasn't." It, it's not, when they meet him. They meet him as he's eating the donut yes, inside okay, the donut. Spider Man Two. He does. He does say. And then it again. yes. Again. Then they play it again. He, he throws it back at Nick Fury's face. That hey, I'm not part of your team. Remember, I'm just here as a consultant. Or you just wanted me as a consultant. But the first one shot disappeared on the home DVD release for. Everyone's meh, maybe okay. Uh, favorite Thor, and I think, and didn't say it at the beginning. I meant to. These one shots range anywhere from like three minutes to fifteen minutes. That's the time investment that you need to watch any one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to put it into perspective, I was supposed to get out of work at 5 o'clock. By the time I actually finished up everything, passed off to the next manager, and walked out the door, it was 5.44. 5.44, left work, went to the comic book store, bought my books for the week, drove across the street, got my beer for this episode, which I'm Holy drinking shit. right now. You heard about them. Mm-hmm. I know, right? And then drove Time machines. drove home and then sat down and watched all of the one-shots that we're talking about. And then at 8 o'clock was like, okay, let me get everything turned on, go to the bathroom, and then jump on to record. So within 45 minutes of me getting home and setting down to watch these, I consumed all the content that we're talking about. So it's not a I started watching them last night when we said that we were going to do the show watched one or two during work today and then it was the paul hasn't said if he's gonna if he can do the show tonight i'm gonna ask because i'm not <laughs> gonna take time away from my family to watch these if i don't have to and then paul's like oh, i thought i said yes and then i had to watch the rest of them oh because i was the one that's asked which podcast like when can we podcast so then you guys were like, oh, Thursday's Thursday. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're doing it on Thursday. And I just set my phone down instead of uh, being like, yeah, I, I can do it say, too. <laughs> it was like the, one of those moments. Not, I'm sorry about out that. Out of the couple that, that are longer, the only ones that feel long to me are the Team Thors. And they're the short, like some of the shortest ones. Mm-hmm. But when those first came out, I thought they were hilarious. But watching them now, I was like, oh, my God. This is just going on forever. Mm -hmm. And then the the Team Daryl one, I loved every minute of it. Uh, Too far ahead. Too far ahead. Because we're on the first one. I think... (laughs) I like the consultant. I I like the consultant. And for it what explains- it was and what it was okay. meant to be like it's short and it was meant to just kind of flesh out these shield agents that are going to be playing a bigger role but there's no necessary viewing here like if you didn't see these you're mm-hmm. not going to be out any information or story by the time you get to the next movie even if you didn't see that Tony Stark Ross post credit scene Me- it doesn't uh, ruin anything. I think it's the perfect answer to the question that people were having. Like, wait, why didn't Nick Fury go to Thunderbolt Ross then? And why is Tony Stark going to Thunderbolt Ross to talk about 
the initi- this Avengers initiative? Like, what is Ross? It's not like Ross is a superhero. What's he bringing to the table? Oh, those are the two questions that are answered. The Security Council. The Security Council wanted the abomination that he has. And so that's why they, S.H.I.E.L.D. is even interested to tell him about the Avengers Initiative. And why isn't it Nick Fury? Is because, oh, they want to know. They want they want to annoy Thunderbolt Ross enough to, to not give up Abomination. Uh, did you guys watch this a little differently, knowing that Sitwell is Hydra? Because they definitely did not, they oh. did not know that oh, yeah. when they made you, these. Because yeah. he's such a sweet guy. Yeah. It's like, I, I can be a patsy. I, I, I like Sitwell because, you know, we get to see S.H.I.E.L.D. people milling about mm-hmm. in the background. But for us as viewers, S.H.I.E.L.D. is Fury, uh, Sharon Carter, name? Sharon, no, not Sharon. Uh, Maria Hill. Maria Hill, Sharon Carter, sure. Peggy Carter, who's old and decrepit by the time like we're in the current age. Uh, Coulson, and then Sitwell. Like that, that's our shield. So I think it does have that gravity when you do have that Hail Hydra moment mm-hmm. later on because like, he's one of the three sh- like current shield agents that you've seen active. And you have to remember, this is during the time when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the television show on ABC, was going on, right? No, this was before that. No, no. If this was released on the home video of Thor, mm-hmm. they had a Thor tie-in with Thor. Thor two. It was Dark World. Oh, was it Thor? Yeah, this was before. Remember, this was. This was okay. So it comes out after Avengers. The because uh, Avengers okay. had the death Just of Coulson. Just had to get my timeline. Sorry. Yeah. Avengers. Coulson dies, and then the premiere of Shield. Coulson's back. Mm-hmm. So this is basically like two. Uh, years before. Mm-hmm. Item 47, is, though. A, is after his death. Okay, wh- item, which one's the next one? Uh, next, next one is next a funny week. thing happened on the way to oh. Thor's hammer, which actually appeared on Captain America, the first Avenger. So this is kind of backtracking, filling in the mm-hmm. the gaps between what we see in the end credits to Iron Man 2, where Coulson's at Thor's Hammer's landing site in New Mexico, and we've already seen Captain America teasing the build-up to the Avengers, but now we're seeing what happened on the way to Thor's Hammer, with Coulson basically stopping a robbery at a gas station. (laughs) And this isn't one of my favorite ones, but this one was more to show that Coulson's not just some nebbish guy that's Mm -hmm. kind of stuck in, like, in between, like, going to talk to superheroes about stuff, like, he does have some skills. And it does have, I think, one of my favorite lines in any of the one-shots, where the gas station robbers are like, oh, throw those keys over here. And then, like, they go back to talking to the woman behind the counter, and he's like, and then Colson's like, well, I also have this gun. And he's just, like, (laughs) holding it up. We didn't have to do that. But I think that's just so sweet and pure and funny that I really like that moment. It it, it literally made one, me laugh I had out forgotten. loud. I had I hadn't watched this since I watched it on YouTube when it was put up and then taken down. Back when 
uh, throw it over here. Could well, I don't want to throw the gun because it, it could go off. Can, can what, I slide what, it to you? What should I tell the police? Uh-huh. Uh, tell them those Tybo lessons have been working out. Like, tell them whatever you want. The one uh-huh. thing that I thought was funny is why is he driving there? Because, like, in another two, another movie, they have the the jets. So it's like, mm, what? Yeah. Why is he driving down this long, deserted highway? Because low also, profile. you say no. Now you say you say, and, and then he also in the show he has Lola. But in Thor, they have a whole tent system in base there that Thor runs a muck through. They they just got a tent guy. Like I, they, they I feel get like, a tent and they say they're they're checking it out for high radioactive materials and it's there it's being built to so to, it's a satellite that crashed. This Remember? isn't That's, something I thought about until you posed this question. But I think at this point maybe we're seeing shield 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 like they're there for mm-hmm. you know world defense. At this point maybe they're still struggling from. For their funding from the World Security Council, and it's not until like we start to see all these superheroes pop up and the advent of the Avengers Initiative that at that point now they're like okay, full on helicarriers, like underground yeah, bases, about, five dark three matter like yeah. experimentation. I I think and, it's and they'll be loaded with guns to the gills. It's going to be so good, but it was being used for evil, so we got to crash them. I, I like movie. this one, but again, it's not re- required viewing. Like, if you watch the movies it's, and you like Coulson, mm-hmm. you're going to like Coulson just because of him popping up in those backgrounds and, like, being that connective tissue. I have to say, Coulson being able to jump off a sh- store shelf and that store shelf not just immediately buckling. Yeah. And, like, his leg just going smack down into the ground instead of, like, being able to launch himself on top of the gun. I'm like, all right, he has some sort of superpower. Also, <laughs> that, if that I- scene, which is in slow motion, where you can clearly see Stuntman, I'm like, okay, they did a good job getting a Stuntman that looks like Clark Gregg. Like, it's, okay, it's not it's not a big thing. Like, if I'm seeing this, I'm not picking apart, like, oh, that's not the real cool yeah. like, it, it works. Still Agent Casper. Um, Item 47 no, is the next one, which this one is uh, one of the longer Agent ones. Carter. Right? Nope. No, oh, it is 2012. Yep, you're right. Between. Item Sorry. 47. I'm looking at the Google Doc. Uh, also, I, I I if you go on to Disney yeah. Plus, the order that they are on your screen I have them on the, the order that I got them on the IMDb with the year, and I... Some of us lost Disney Plus and had to drag out the DVDs. Mm, wow. Good thing you bought all of those, yeah. Paul. Yeah. I know. Because I was looking on YouTube thinking, oh, they're all on YouTube by now. The clips are. Very upsetting. You might have to watch like six clips to get the full thing, but you know. No, no. Clip one is there. There is no oh, other gotcha. clip. There are reaction videos. Oh. Yeah, yep, don't, so I pulled out the DVDs. Don't do that. <laughs> we'll talk after the show, Paul. I, I have a way to fix your issues. Uh, item 47, though, this is actually a 12-minute long one, and this takes place after the Battle for New York, and this was released 
on actually the Avengers DVD. And this one centers about like a young Bonnie and Clyde style couple that's robbing banks using stolen Chitari technology. Yeah. Is that, is that Lizzie Kaplan? It is. Mean oh, Girls looking own. good. She's got that she, She's got that, you know, that look that I like. That Leban- I don't know. Lebanese look. I don't know, just the 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 big eyes and the the cute look, just the very cute. She looks very cute. That's all. That's all. Uh, this is probably the one one shot which sounds weird to say. But the one one shot that I've actually seen the most because I think it's kind of the most interesting where it's this young couple that back engineers Chitari Tech to use it so they can start robbing banks and they get brought into S.H.I.E.L.D. but we never see these characters again. And I think to have like Lizzie Kaplan cast as one of these characters mm-hmm. and at the point where you know you're going to be doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. show on ABC is kind of a disservice because I would have liked to seen her pop up more. And as much as I love the characters on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I don't know if I would want her character over like Fitz or Simmons because I do like both of them, but I don't think you could add someone else into that first season and still have that show work I feel like stars. this was the quote-unquote like backdoor pilot to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they were thinking maybe it'll be Sitwell... Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I'm so glad you brought up right. to our pilots because the but, was because even harder. having um, mm-hmm. Lizzie Kaplan's boyfriend uh, Jesse Bradfrier, uh he's also a big at the time was a pretty big star to be just appearing in this thing. So for them, and then to have uh, Titus Welver also in it, like okay. That guy's name, I don't oh, know, but as soon black. as I saw him, I'm like, oh, it's the man in black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lost. Love but it. to have those and people in it, it feels like they were going to maybe make this the show, and then they created it somewhat different. And you can see that Lizzie Kaplan and Jesse Bradfield's, uh their characters could have been Fitz and Simmons. It could have been some of the other characters mm-hmm. in it. And Sitwell could have been the leader of this group with, with Titus mm-hmm. Welver is the man at the computer giving them the missions. So I feel like this was something that they were trying out. And when they had uh, Joss Whedon and his brother create the show they created something different that went away from what they were going to do or what they thought they were going to do. Cause the same thing is with agent Carter. I can't fault. I can't fault them for making that decision because agents, of the shield did run for a while. And I watched, I think three seasons of it before I just stopped watching TV. I got really bad at it. And I, I did enjoy it. Like, I liked I it too. I think it was absolutely fantastic. But when I, I stopped watching it is when I think it was getting to be the most interesting. And they were really starting to involve Marvel characters. Like when I stopped watching it is when Ghost Rider showed up in it. And they had all yeah, these that's, other. That's when I cut out. Yeah, I watched, Ghost it, all. Stuff I was watched great. it all on clips. It was, it was really Ghost good. Ghost Rider in that show? Yeah, it was good. It was really well done. I dropped, like, during the second season. I'm like, 
what is happening with this show? This is like they keep on promising cool tie-ins and like nothing happens. Like I liked the first season. The first season was cool. So, and that's part of the issue that Marvel had at that time, though, because it was two separate hands on the wheel between Marvel Television and Marvel Studios, because. Kevin Feige had one vision, but then Ike Perlmutter and Jeff Loeb had a different view for TV. TV gave us Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, okay. Like, middling to, to good. And in humans... Pretty bad. It, it, it's hard, it's what, hard to, like... Well, but that wasn't supposed to be a TV no, show. So that was it was supposed to be a movie with Marvel Pictures with Kevin Feige. Uh-huh. And then the guy that was, uh, uh, was it Perlman? Uh, Ike Perlmutter. Perlmutter. He swooped in and stole it and made it a show. Hmm. And it, it, it was all this that made... Kevin Feige go to Disney CEO at the time, um, Bob Iger, and be like, "Like I have ideas," and he was like, "Okay, Marvel Studios, you're the head of it. Go." And it's like, "I'm king shit now. I'm doing what I want." Um, I do lament what this show could have been because I really do like the feeling of Item Forty Seven. I. I think it works. Like, where you jump into it and you think you're seeing this couple have a spat about their relationship. And then it's like, no, we're Robin Banks. We got this alien gun. Let's do it. And then Lizzie even, Kaplan asks you to rob a bank. You say, okay, how are we going to do it? And even Sitwell, like, being the agent in charge at that hotel where he's trying to capture, capture them, bring them in, and obtain the device. Mm-hmm. I think this one works really well. I think this is one of the top tier. Like, if you have to mm-hmm. sit down and watch the the one shots, I think this is the one you you start with because I think this shows what they could have been capable of if they kind of didn't kneecap it and be like, okay, well, yeah. we're not doing this I'd, anymore. I like yeah, all like the uh, the consultant is a fun one. Funny thing happened to me with Thor's hammer is a funny one, and then this one is a nice is another nice one, and I really like the next one, which is the the Haley Atwell, uh, Peggy Carter one, which, like we said, is a backdoor pilot for the show, but the show was not where they left Peggy Carter at the end of this. I I really did like this one, but yeah, you nailed it because. This ends with her being like, you're going to be in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. But then yeah, when you get into the show, it's she's stuck at a desk at the SSR trying to prove herself. But again, I think this shows what Haley Atwell could do as this character. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, man, do I need to go back and rewatch Agent Carter? Because I enjoyed it when it was on. But I haven't gone back since. And it's the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or a lot of the Marvel stuff coming up because I just never went back. But I think she does fantastic as this character. And I have fond memories of watching Agent Carter. And I think 
the movies kind of do her a disservice because when you do see her in the movies, it's too much of her playing second fiddle to Steve Rogers. And she's a strong, capable character. And unfortunately, the last time we saw her was Doctor Strange 2, where it's like great to see her in that Captain Carter outfit, but <laughs> extremely uh, yeah, short. I, I think mm-hmm. Peggy Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Agent Carter, whatever you want to call it, would be so much better now because you don't have to do 23 episodes I, uh, or 22 episodes. You don't have to have those fill-in episodes. Make it mm-hmm. short. Make it five episodes, bing, bang, boom. Just make a really good spy story with her. And they couldn't fulfill that with the TV show because they just... The money they spent to make that show, they just spent it in all the wrong things, like wardrobe, the cars, this or that. But none of, at the same time, they're using all these special effects because she's found this goo and she's found this Cree body and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, it should just be fucking spies. She should be a she should be fucking spies and kicking ass. Her, her with uh, with Jarvis being yeah. like the oh dear oh dear like that that show it worked so well but it, it it is because of this that we did get that Agent Carter show and I think it's that Agent Carter show that kept like Peggy relevant and coming back even just for those bit parts and other stuff like, so I applaud this one like I think this. This is, hey, thanks. Like, you showed Peggy can do stuff. Like, yeah. I would like, because now we got the Marvel one shots, and Peggy Carter is a very British character. And when I think one shots, British character, I think Doctor Who with their one shots for their Christmas episodes. Mm-hmm. Give me Peggy Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. one shots. And all she's doing is, like, spy stories about getting people back home. Like, those missing soldiers. The soldiers that have been, like, in POW camps. Because that's, that's like, every British, uh, like, special ever, uh, Christmas special ever, right? Is, like, getting that long pers- long lost soldier back home or saving that soldier's life, you know, from the battlefield. You know, like, give me that story that happens on Christmas each and every time. Like she sent so, out, yeah, I would watch that. You know, I think uh, if we had Saving Private Ryan style, or may, maybe not like a mini series like Agent Carter, but if where we are now with the special presentations, if we had had maybe like an oversized special presentation, Agent Carter, I, I think that would have more legs than. And it it's kind of what show. these things are now. They are like a. A one shot. Like we don't know when we'll ever see yeah. Werewolf by Night or Man Thing again in in Marvel films. We're getting a Christmas special, but we know that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to basically end with the next movie. So, like, yeah. they are kind of one shots, or there are ways to introduce. The rumor is the next one is going to be Silver Surfer to possibly introduce. 
Galactus and those characters, maybe for the Fantastic Four. I have hopes that we're not saying goodbye to the cosmic side of the MCU with the ending of Guardians, because I think um, they did prove that side of the Marvel Universe does work. I've never enjoyed that side of the comics, but James Gunn made me like all those characters and that flavor in uh, MCU. And if they could introduce Nova either in Guardians Volume 3 or like a Silver Surfer uh, special presentation to keep me interested in that corner of the universe, but have another like, I it feels like diminutive to say it this way, but like a quirky director take over that part of stuff. I'd still be there because I think Nova's cool. I love Kid I like Nova. Uh, Kid Mark Nova, Wade. even. Mark Wade made me like Nova. Keep, keep me. They can still do stuff on the side, but just with where we're seeing the MCU go right now, I don't know if that's in like the forefront of their mind to keep going with that because Eternals didn't work. Guardians definitely does, but what threads do you pull on now because you're still building towards other stuff with the, the quantum realm and now no spoilers for uh, Wakanda Forever because John hasn't seen it yet but you're what? I know I've seen I've, I've, I'm one of the pe- I'm one of the two people on the podcast that saw a movie I have, have a child wow. and a, a lot of other stuff going on in your life but even that, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have seen it. But uh, you know, a friend said, "Hey, Paul, my family's going to see. You, you want to come with us?" And I'm like, "Yes." But even that movie starts to look, lead in towards other things. So uh, I don't know. And bears mentioning, we're talking about one shots. None of these one shots have anything to do with the cosmic shit. Uh, one that I really do enjoy, though is the next one. And again, this was the first one that popped up on Disney Plus because it was leading into Shang-Chi. And this is All Hail the King. And this is the glorious return of not only Trevor Slattery from Iron Man 3, but also uh, Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2. And I haven't rewatched this one since Shang-Chi came out and getting back into it, I was like, okay, yeah, I do like this character. And I did like him popping back up in Shang-Chi because it's like, why would you keep this guy around if he's encroaching on your space and damaging your brand? Oh, because he's hilarious. I, (laughs) I get it. And to have Ben Kingsley playing this complete schlub joke of a character and just doing it with all the, earnestness and sincerity that he can bring to it. I think this uh, one's no, this great. One was I love great. this, this is, one. This was probably my favorite one. I guess it probably still is my favorite one shot because it actually, like, it was bringing back actual characters in a storyline that made sense and it bringing back the, ma- the Mandarin and the Five Rings and all of that, or Ten Rings, all that stuff worked and then also like uh scoot mcneary is the reporter like i my favorite <clears throat> thing is like when 
the like the reporters like talking to him is like, I thought you looked into all this. He's like, I'm an actor. Would we say we're looking into stuff? We're just googling ourselves and having a wank. Like he's not actually researching a role. Uh, I really dug this one, and I also love the fact that they made a completely fake opening sequence for Trevor Slattery's KGB <laughs> cop show, Caged Heat. That you have to watch all of it. Like it doesn't cut in between anything. Like you're just watching this terrible opening to a TV show, and like he's just so proud of it. It's like, no, that show was never actually made. Like you didn't get picked up. He's like, oh, my first bad break. <laughs> I, I really love this one. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, the Hail to the King reference to, like, all of that stuff. It's just, it's, just, uh, it's just a great one. This is probably the one I watched. I've seen the most. And, like, I was excited when it popped up right before Shang-Chi, because I was like, oh, this was the best one there was. And the other ones are short, but this one actually seemed like it had... The other ones have decent production value. But this is the one that seemed like they really put money into it. Mm-hmm. And it also was like... Uh, yeah. it was a, wasn't it a decent amount of time between the two movies? Yeah. This, <sighs> this was on the... One of the later, I think it was uh, the this, that I actually this came out on the Thor: The Dark World home media release, but okay. at that point it had been over like DVD. a year and a half since Iron Man three mm-hmm. ended. I just remember this one answer, just being there to answer another question, which is, wait, that isn't actually the real Mandarin. Why? Why are we not doing the real Mandarin? And it's like, oh no, they might still do the real Mandarin. And then it took five more years before we got who actually is the real Mandarin. It seemed like I have no idea how much time in between each one. Uh, after that, then we get to the wacky and weird ones, the ones that you can watch on YouTube, I believe. Still, maybe you can't now that they're on Disney Plus. But the Team Thor. One in part two. Part, team Thor, part one, part two, and then, then Team Daryl. These are the ones that I didn't actually take time to rewatch right before the show, just because I feel like I've seen them so often, and it's just the same gag over and over and over again. Um, John, These ones are four minutes long, and they felt like this. they took ages. And again, it's at the time, it, it was funny that Thor was in living in a flat and doing that and it was kind of funny but now it was like I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's not cringy in the sense that it's like it just was like hard, it was just hard to watch and the jokes in these didn't feel mm-hmm. like they landed as well no they're gags they're, it's a series of gags and not like I don't think they're cleverly crafted jokes. They're just a series of gags. I agree. You know, I do like, I think the most clever part is probably Thor part one. When they're, when he's like at the lunch table eating with uh, Bruce Banner. He's like, well, is that Tony? (laughs) He's like, what? 
Has did he send me an email, an electronic mail? Uh, he like, he says he doesn't know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> send a raven. Uh, I also like the one word Thor's talking to the kids, and he's like pointing to the people on the chalkboard. He's like, hey, "Who's this purple guy?" And I was like, "Vision." I was like, "Oh, I'm surprised you know that." He's new. It's. I I think these are a lot of fun, and these do harken back more to what we had with the consultant and a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer where it seems a little bit more Easter eggy because there, there's no new or great content here. Like, and it set up at the front, but these were done to kind of get people ready for what was going to be happening in Thor Ragnarok, but then also kind of answer that question. Well, why wasn't Thor in civil war? Well, we knew he had been going off to explore stuff that he learned from the elders, whatever. Magic, water cave, lightning stuff. But also, he's just... During Age of Ultron? Yeah, but also he's just pounding around with his dude in Australia. And I I think that's kind of fun. Um, For me... I did not know Team Daryl was a thing until I was double-checking the notes last week to make sure that I had everything on the list to be like, okay, these are what we need to watch. And I saw, like, oh, there was another one after Team Thor Part 1 and Team Thor Part 2, Team Daryl. So this was actually the first time that I sat down to watch Team Mm. (laughs) Daryl. Which I absolutely loved because I was not prepared for it to be Jeff Goldblum stuck on Earth with Thor's old roommate and be and be like he wants me to be his like servant, so he's dressing me as his old servant. Like I have this, and you just see like the armor Daryl walking around in the armor, and like he's painting like the blue lines on the Grandmaster's lips. I thought it was hilarious because. I did not know it was a thing until mm-hmm. three, uh, four hours ago. Out of the three of these, this is definitely my favorite of the te- Team Thor. <laughs> you feel is like, it your favorite? No, because you've the, seen it It's least. funny. Okay. J- Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. He's like, drawing, drawing these awful pictures. The pictures of Daryl. Like, oh, this is, Paul, you this said is you Daryl as a Cyclops. Right? <laughs> Not right before the show, but I did re. I've seen. I know I've seen them recently enough, where I'm like, okay, but I feel like it's all the same joke over and over again with each of these. It's the and fish. That's why it's I was the like, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. But well, this is the one where like the grandmaster like, melt. He tries to put a band together. He melts a guy, and then he's laying mm-hmm. in bed, and Daryl's laying next to him, <laughs> and he's like, I. Sh- mm-hmm. Oh, Mrs. Should... Robinson, what are you wearing? A uh, nightgown? Ooh. What color is it? Blue? Ooh, yeah. my and, he has, like, and, and then he's like, I'm about to do a click. I think that went well. Like, there are a lot of jokes, and I think a lot of it lands because Jeff Goldblum is so freaking weird. But even, like, when he's like, I love you, mm-hmm. and there's this long pause, and he's like, don't you have something to say to me? I love you, too? I didn't ask him to say that. Like, there's just so many, like, 
Yeah. That's a real moment right there. These say written by Taika Waititi, but I feel a lot of that was just like, hey, this is what we want to propose. Have fun with it. That's why I like these ones. And again, there's like two years between All Hail the King and Team Thor Part 1, where they basically just forgot about this storytelling aspect. And that's okay, without having gone through everything to see what they could have done at that point, I'm okay because I don't remember missing these. But looking back on them now, having consumed so much of this content again and again and again, kind of wonder like what we could have had. Could we have had something that maybe shed a little bit more light on some of the side characters in Black Panther? Like, I, mm-hmm. I would love, and we'll talk about this eventually, but Okoye is one of my favorite characters in that Black Panther franchise, and I want more of her. I love M'Baku. Like, M'Baku is so cool. W- what if we had had like a Jabari? About, a, more about Hanuman. Yeah. What if know, we had the, had like uh, the, a Jabari yeah. tribe buffet one shot at some point? Like, oh, I don't need that, but man, like, I, I would watch the hell out of that probably. Uh, I'm sad these are gone because, again, real quick hits, pretty fun, well done. Like, everybody in all of these is committing to just that day of work that only a fraction of the people are going to see. Uh, I'm not going to be submitting this <clears throat> to our our lists. I don't think these need to be watched. Ooh, but can we do a power ranking real quick? <clears throat> I mean, we could, we could probably do a power ranking, but... I, I think these are all the these are okay to watch up. in a vacuum, though. I don't think this lends too much to the greater universe. I don't think they detract from it. I think they just do stand well for what they are. All right, Paul, you're ready to go for your power list. Yeah, I'm going to go number one, item 47, Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, then... I'm going to go with a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's Hammer. It's a quick, cute show, a quick, cute thing. The Consultant, number two, Agent Carter, then All Hail the King, then the Thors. That's my bottom. I'm still uh, making so, my list because I was I'm gonna not go, prepared. Uh, All Hail the King, Agent Carter... I'm going to, the consultant and a funny thing happened to the way to Thor, I'm going to group together. Item 47, and then if we're grouping all of the teams, I'd put those last. You don't have to. But I probably, as much as I did enjoy the Team Daryl one, like, I like the weight of. And the storytelling in the other ones. That these, the ones that actually feel like something to do with continuity or cleverness within that Marvel universe, I still would probably put those over it, even though I think that one's the funniest. But these weren't necessarily meant to be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I did item 47, number one, then Agent Carter, uh, All Hail the King, then Team Daryl. And then Team Thor, Team Thor 2, 
and then a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer, and then the consultant. Because yes, those last two were the first ones that lead more into the Marvel universe, but I think the rest of them are just more more fun to watch. Nothing against any of them, because again, these are just extra content, and who doesn't like more content? Me, because there's too goddamn much of it. But hey, you know what? You can cancel all your subscription services and then have, then then like really dig into what you want to watch. No, I'm not going to do, do that because I like I like to have the availability of that content just in case. And hey, okay. thanks for consuming us. We really appreciate it. 501 episodes plus some extras. Thanks for tuning in, checking it out. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you think about the one shots over at any of the social media posts for this episode or emails bangtheboardcast at gmail.com um guys I would take Chris. I would take my one shot with either one of you thank you mm. bourbon I think right yeah probably a rye, rye. probably a rye it's a rye whiskey yeah it'd be a John? Nice, nice rye I got a 10 year whistle pig that's a good one <laughs>